Hey, welcome back to Rebel Movement Podcast. My name is Billy. My pronouns are they, them, or she, her. And today is a special episode because we have a guest that I'm super excited about. Um, and I'm really glad that you're here. Grateful that you're spending time today. Um, so welcome to Shannon. Can you tell us a little bit about you? Sure. Thanks for having me, Billy. I'm super excited to be here. Uh, my name is Shannon Crow. My pronouns are she, her, hers. Uh, and I live, I feel like I live near you. Like I'm in, I think so. What is Ontario, Canada? I'm on, uh, Odawa, Mississauga. And I want to say Ojibwe land, although it's super confusing. Someone told me the other day, it's also Potawatomi land. So Hmm. what I love about learning about the land that I live on, because my ancestors, uh, came here as settlers is I love learning about how it's not just this stagnant, like, here's the land that I live on. I'm going to recite this thing. It is a, Mm -hmm. it is a learning in process. That's very true. That's true. I don't often say the land that I'm on when I'm doing this podcast, but I just, I do when I'm teaching, especially to like to in person online, it's a little bit more like it's difficult to be specific because you don't know where everyone's coming from, but I should say it. Although that said, I just moved. And I think only one I remember currently is I believe I'm still on Haudenosaunee land. Um, Although I wrote down the land, the other names of the land and it's somewhere else in my, um, all of my stuff is still in boxes. So it's somewhere in some of those boxes, but have you used, do you use, do you use whose land? I use nativeland.ca, but that's, it doesn't have the Potawatomi on it. It was a, it was a decolonization workshop. And I also want to say that I went out on a hike recently and someone was like, I like to do a land acknowledgement about like the creatures that live here and the rocks and the plants. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, my, like a land acknowledgement could be the length of a podcast. And I also want to say that when someone first said you should do a land acknowledgement as a yoga teacher. I immediately balked and was like, no. (laughs) And so I've had to do a lot of unlearning and relearning Mm -hmm. about the importance of that. Yeah. Um, I just, my brain went into overload because I was like, already I'm teaching a practice that was stolen. (laughs) Now, how, how much am I supposed to say before I teach? And it's, for me, I realize it's really important the more I do decolonization yeah. work I think so I think it yeah it is important especially I yeah I feel what you, I know what you mean I had a similar type of um I don't even know the emotional reaction I had but some reaction of like oh I should I just, just should not do this career anymore like I just can't live with the guilt of being uh, you know my ancestors said ancestors are settlers and then I'm doing this thing that's a stolen practice um it was and then I was so, I get, I think I'll overthink a lot about most things, most of the time, <laughs> but especially at this, when I first started, when I first started doing land acknowledgements, um, I had someone come into a studio I was teaching at and they did, um, or maybe it was someone that was teaching at the studio. I can't remember. I think it was someone teaching at the studio. I was in a, a couple of different workshops anyway, this particular one, someone in the studio and they kind of linked it into a meditation of like noticing the, the parts of your body um, making contact with the ground. And that's how I've started to kind of introduce it. Um, like noticing your body, noticing your connection to the ground, then kind of tying in the connection to the land that you're on rather than just like, you know, the floor beneath you. Um, and I've really grown to love it because it feels um maybe it's just the way that I've started to bring it in. It feels really natural and appreciative and that there's a moment for it. Um, but at that said, I still have to do the work of learning the language or learning the, to pronounce the name of the, the land that I'm on and relearning what it is now. Cause I think I uh, forgot to check it when I first started to teach when I was here and said the name of the land and I was like, Oh, wait, no, I actually don't know if that's true anymore. So yeah, I I think think it is really interesting to to learn about. 
Yeah. And I love when, like when you said you overthink things, those, that, I want to be in a class with a yoga teacher who has felt like, oh gosh, I'm overthinking this or I'm giving this lots of space and thought around the practice of yoga and the land that we're on now. It, and I realized that wasn't me as a newer teacher. I had no idea, like as a white yoga teacher who, you know, 20 some years ago now started teaching. Um, none of this was even in my view. I was just like, what pose gets into the hips and where should my feet be? Mm -hmm. <laughs> my my idea of yoga has really changed. Yeah. And it's thanks to people like saying, hey, you uh, maybe want to consider this or, hey, you're being called in. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's true. It is. Um when the practice of yoga is brought off the mat and that is a part of the training or part of the teaching in one way or another, it's very impactful because it, to me, the like practice of yoga is a lot about getting in at least physical practice of yoga is very about like connecting to your body with what it was personally. And then that's sort of in line with some of my, my, niche of teaching whatever you would call it my area of expertise um and to me a layer of that is connecting to the world around us in a very like raw way of rec being able to recognize our privilege and where we could do better both internally and externally and interpersonally in all of the ways um because it, it to me it's all very connected because you can't um, if you're, anyway, I feel like I'm, I'm going to pause this rant because I feel like I'm going to keep, <laughs> I feel like something I can really keep going into, which maybe isn't a bad thing, but, um, it's I don't want to. It is all really stuff. connected. That's <laughs> the is. thing when you start getting into it, it's like, oh, wow, it is connected to everything. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's, uh, to me, so I'm interested in hearing, um, your, where your introduction to like activism was, um, activism work, or I don't know how, how else you would describe it. Um, to me, um, sorry, I'm going to give you my answer. And after I ask the question <laughs> and then give space, is that okay? <laughs> Tying into what I was going to say a second ago. I first started, um, in high school, I was, I'm a musician, I play and write music, and I was in a focus program, just like basically for one whole semester, you just do like everything, all of your classes are surrounded by like surrounded, or all of your classes have to do with music in this case. Um, and it's at a whole different school. But for some reason, I think it was there or just before there, I started writing songs about like activism songs. I had one about um, like child soldiers. I had one about the um like global warming i can't remember all of them they were all very depressing very depressing songs which i was criticized by my teachers a lot all the time that they were so depressing but like you can't make a <laughs> anyway um i was like all in i did um a friend of mine and i like did peace posters all over town and i did organize a fundraiser um and I think I was vegetarian. It was all like, you know, stuff that like a high school kid had space for, or maybe, I don't know, a little more, I'm not sure. But um, at some point, so while this was all happening, I was in a very traumatic situation. And um, at some point I had to stop. And because I recognized that I was spending all of my energy trying to help other people. And in this way, I was spending all my energy, wanting to spend all my energy with at, like activism type work. And I was not doing well. I was not okay. So I had to kind of pause it for a little while and do a ton of healing. And then when I finally um, felt like I had enough space, I started with like little steps, but it was still um an interesting road so just I'll just part of what I'm saying I guess is to me 
just the way yoga is connected to everything. It seems to me, it feels like um, activism work and emotional healing are also pretty connected because I couldn't, like I could have continued down that road of activism, but I would have burnt out and I would have, you know, not been able to be helpful for anyone. Um, and there's more I can do from a better place when I'm also taking care of myself. So that, I was just trying to say, get, get our point of like, <laughs> everything is connected. Sorry, I'm a little scatterbrained today. Um, so I'll come back to my question of how did you get into this work? Well, I really appreciate your story because I was just thinking like in the last few years, but your story reminded me that definitely when I was in, I must've been in high school. Cause I remember it was my grade nine friend who I like dragged to an environmental meeting. And she was like, what are we doing here? Like it was all people much older than us, like people our parents' age and older. Um, And it's funny, I even convinced her to go or I even, I don't know, like at that point you had to like get a ride everywhere. I lived in rural Ontario. Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, definitely within school, I learned more about the planet. So I was very worried about the planet, you know, and thought everyone needs to recycle but I feel like that was kind of a normal thing for, I don't know. It was in, it was in, it was in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Fast forward, you know, I don't, I, when you said to me, like, will you come and chat about this on the podcast? It feels like a good fit because it does feel like lately I've been really vocal about why I think speaking up and social justice is part of yoga, but also I don't, I would never tell someone I'm an activist, which is funny because I, I guess I would be labeled as that by some people. And I think it was, you know, seeing what happened in the last few years around the pandemic, I have a real history in science um, through college. I studied science. So seeing misinformation around that and starting to speak up and seeing how yoga spaces full of privilege were responding to people who were saying, look, I'm immunocompromised and here's how you need to care for me. And then not seeing that happen. And then, you know, the conversation around cultural appropriation, land acknowledgements, um, George Floyd was murdered. So the conversation about racism and all within health and wellness spaces. And now right up until, you know, October the 7th of 2023, when we saw, um, after October the 7th, saw what what appears to my eyes as, well, let's just, let's not get into definitions, an incredible amount of harm and murder upon a population of people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like again I thought more yoga teachers would be speaking up for peace and equality than what there were Mm -hmm. yeah I agree with that it's very shocking to see the response I think we talked before um about there was an interaction I had with one yoga teacher that I know who I was posting about um, everything happening in Palestine and they were very rude (laughs) telling me that I should be for peace. Like I should be standing up for peace where um, just not only how people, and not only the people aren't speaking up, but also that some people are having calling, not calling people in to have conversations, but just straight up being, yeah, whatever the opposite word of peace is, just being initiating conflict or trying to, and then throwing out accusations of other like other people not wanting peace. It makes no makes no sense to me. Like the that people aren't speaking up, that people aren't calling in and 
listen, there's a way to listen and learn from other people in a peaceful way, even if you have different opinions on a subject and there's ways that you can do that. And that's how you learn from other people. That's how you connect with other people. And for some reason I had it in my head that I guess people who are considered themselves spiritual or yoga teachers, what that would be their default. But I was surprised that it, it didn't seem to be for some. Same, like same. And I just thought even outside of yoga teachers, I just thought as humans, we'll see what's happening. And now we're all going to do something about it. I know, I know that sounds that I like I live in this fairy tale world. Maybe I I am an optimist and I also think that, I don't know, I've just, I've always had this, like, we can all do something. And when we're all doing something towards this common goal of peace or whatever it is, equality, Mm -hmm. justice, it's going to work because we're all, that's what we all want. And yeah, so I would say I definitely did not plan. So when I started the Connected Yoga Teacher group and podcast I wanted I knew that yoga teachers were feeling isolated because I also did when I left yoga teacher training and I knew that they wanted a quick and easy way to like take in information um, hear from other yoga teachers not feel isolated you know get ideas about their business and how to teach yoga and like all the things that there's they're almost too busy to take in because they're you know, driving to class and planning out the class and doing their accounting and all of the things. I never thought, oh, we're going to start covering like social justice issues on the podcast. I never set out to do that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It just ended up, did it just happen? Or was there a moment where you kind of made that decision or? I mean, there were a lot of, I mean, I guess seeing what was happening with COVID and seeing the misinformation out in the especially in health and wellness spaces. And I live yeah. with a health and science journalist and I have a a college background in science and microbiology. And, and I, I was quite frankly shocked at the level of misinformation that was happening in the yoga world. And I was just like, this is out of our scope of practice. We don't, we don't talk to people about their medical yeah. choices as yoga teachers. Like, so it was, questions coming up from other yoga teachers this like what we've done all the way through is we've followed what questions and challenges yoga teachers are facing so we also Mm -hmm. you know we talked about that but we also were like how do we all get on zoom now and teach yoga online yeah what do we do and we how do we keep our businesses going so it's been it's been led by the listeners it's Mm -hmm. the goal was always how can how can I show up and help yoga teachers? And at times it's feeling like I'll hear from yoga teachers who might say to me, this isn't helpful. I don't want to hear about a war. (laughs) Okay. Well, someone else is saying to me, how do I show up and teach when all of my students are from Palestine? Like, yeah. Yeah. I think it's, with social justice work (laughs) and teaching and just life in general I feel like we can't always I feel like some of my opinions are coming out as quite harsh (laughs) I could be wrong um it's from a place of kindness (laughs) but I feel like we can't do any of these things only ever doing the things that we want like you can't only ever stay in your comfort zone because you will never grow. You, you will never True. grow in, in your comfort zone. And that means sometimes doing the things you don't want to do. And I don't mean like, you know, these horrible things, but sometimes it means learning or coming to terms with how your language can affect people. For example, um, it's difficult as we were discussing for some people to um, even understand how language could affect other people um yeah I did a podcast episode talking all about pregnancy because I used to teach a prenatal yoga teacher training 
And someone wrote to me and was like, you are not acknowledging at all non-binary people, men who have babies. Um, like, they're like, your words are harmful. And I had to revisit all of my wording there. I had to dive in and do training and it was super uncomfortable. And now it just feels like it makes complete sense to me. You know, we, mm -hmm. we had different people either in our, I have a membership that's all about pelvic health and it was all about like taking out gendered language out of pelvic health conversation. So I feel like I love how you said it's that discomfort like I know now when someone says something to me and it feels uncomfortable and I'm willing, like more than willing to try and understand where they're coming from and try and see how I could do better. Even mm -hmm. if fundamentally I don't agree with what they're saying. Yeah. Like it depends. It depends. If someone just yeah. comes at me with like total hate, like someone... Someone responded to my email. Um, it was like, because you're using your pronouns, I'm not, I'm unsubscribing from your email and your podcast. I'm like, goodbye. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Now yeah. maybe I could like, look at how can I do more education, but we'd done quite a bit on the podcast about yeah. that. So yeah. yeah, there is a boundary, I think, because you can't spend all of your time trying to educate because sometimes then it just feels like um maybe I'll say this with an example I'm for anyone listening who doesn't already know this although you probably do because I say it almost every time I'm non-binary my pronouns are they them or she her and um I um I do talk about being non-binary I've done it even more so I posted recently Shannon was very very helpful in this um, and it's just been helpful in my social justice journey too, but there's a lot of hate comments or just ignorant comments on it. And there's a degree where personally I will educate and we'll talk about it, but there's a degree at some point where it just feels like I have to explain why I'm allowed to exist. And I refuse to do that. So to me, as a non-binary person, I will educate, I will do whatever, but I'm not going to. I'm going to have a boundary where I'm not going to educate someone who's going to come at me with like, you know, a horrible statement. Um, Cause I don't owe them anything. I'm just allowed to exist as a person and I don't need to be doing any of this education. Um, but I want to be because it's important to me for other people. So there, I think there's definitely a line where it's like educate, but also like sometimes you just have to be like, okay, like you just, you just do you and we'll just see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Does that make sense? It does. And it's making me like, I want to ask you around that. Because mm -hmm. for me to educate about pronouns, I could basically do that all day long mm -hmm. with the privilege of like, I was assigned female at birth. I still identify as that. So for me, it's like, I'm, I, you know, I, I might get hate in your comments, but it doesn't, it doesn't, I show up with more privilege in that situation right then. And I was wondering, as you were saying that of like, like someone might say to me, oh, Shannon, you don't get it. Cause you're, you're a cis woman and you, you were, but I feel like mm, I do get it. I I've studied it so that my language and, and I want to show up as an ally and mm -hmm. I feel like it, I feel like it must be exhausting <laughs> to be out in the world and, and try and educate people as you're just trying to like fill out your form to get your license or something mm -hmm. like, yeah, yeah, it is. And I mean, I, I'm all for being called into the, like calling people into the conversation and talking about it. Cause personally, I'm at a place now where I have the bandwidth to, but you're right in that there's um, like, I still have privilege in that I'm cis presenting and I'm in a cis appearing relationship or a hetero, whatever, getting get the heterosexual appearing relationship. But I am non-binary. I don't identify as trans. So I do have some 
um, some, I guess, privilege in that or that I don't have to face all of the oppression that trans folks have to face, but they're still like, every time I go out, it's either like they're gendered bathrooms. It's not super common for there to be a gender neutral bathroom. Or if I like all of my government things, I have to choose, you know, it has to say one, like male or female, or that it's people see me and just assume and say, ma'am, which I hate. I don't know. Most I people, I feel like it. I do gonna not say called ma'am. <laughs> yeah. One thing I realized throughout this whole process, I can't speak for everyone, obviously, but a high percentage of like cis women also hate ma'am and girl and lady. Those are terms that I don't like because they all feel like ugh to me. My daughter prefers not to be called like woman. And she said it's the tone that it comes in. Mm. And she's yeah. just like, like if someone yelled at you, like, hey, woman. She's like, mm, I do not That's want fair. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Language matters. Yeah. People, I saw people in the comments, which I want to say that you were so patient in those comments. Oh, um, thank you. I hope you link to that Instagram. It's really good. <laughs> and it was so simple. It was very clear that you were doing a very simple introduction. Um, mm -hmm. But the level of ignorance in those comments is a bit shocking to me, although I, I, I get it. Like, I remember the first friend that I had who said my pronouns are she, they, and I was like, okay, help me out. Like, which one am I supposed to use? I'm so confused. And they were like, just, can you interchange them? Which at first my brain was like, I don't know, can we do this? And of course I can. I can, mm -hmm. of course I could do that. Just like Please. anything else. So when people are making a big deal of it, it makes me wonder what's really going on with them. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. It's so interesting. Um, I don't know if you know this, but I also changed my name. It's not legally changed yet, but um, it wasn't, uh, well, actually I was gonna say it wasn't because of my, um, like coming out as non-binary because that happened after. But now looking back, I think it did play into why I chose this name. Uh, I just didn't know yet. Um, but I changed my name because of my history of like being uh, abused and that my birth name had a very negative connotation to me. And um, I faced the same shit then trying to get people to change, your like name. to change. Yeah, people... The amount of like the just I'm, it baffles me every time. Like it's not your <laughs> name; they're not your pronouns. Like why do you care so much? You know what I mean? And I had it one, is, yeah, one person who was like one of my closer friends at the time who was still calling me by my birth name, and I was like, I've made it clear. It like makes me physically uncomfortable when I'm called that. Can you please, you know? And they had yeah. my birth name in their phone still. They hadn't even changed it. But there was okay. people who'd like known and they're like, oh, it's just so hard because I've known you so long. But like there's people who've known me longer who were like immediately like, yes, for sure. It's almost that like if they wanted to, they would sometimes. That whole thing is I don't know if you've seen that. It's it, yeah. I think it's from a different topic, but like if you care about how people feel around you, which I hope that some people do to some extent, if you want them to be feel comfortable or just not feel like they're want to crawl out of their skin every second. Use the language they use, even if you haven't asked them, like, what are your pronouns? If they refer to themselves with the name or with a pronoun, use that. Or just start with, if you, like, get panicked about it, start with gender neutral and yes. then let it develop. It's not that hard <laughs> to do. Yeah. And, yes, sometimes you mess up. But sometimes I mess up. Sometimes I mess up my own things. And that just happens. It's not a huge deal. You can just be like, oh sorry, this, and then move on. But the people, I like, there always seems to be this huge thing in their minds. Like, oh no, I can't possibly call you a different name. Like I've known myself longer. <laughs> like it's also <laughs> hard for my brain to switch, but it's a choice. And it's one that you just sort of have to practice with. You have to just practice like with anything else, like with all of this social justice work, like you have, just have to practice. And I think that speaking of this practice too, if I had posted that, post about just just literally me an introduction with my pronouns 
like a couple of years ago, I would have had a whole other reaction than this time because I've spent a lot like a lot of my, well, I spent a long time doing a lot of emotional healing. Um, I wasn't always comfortable using my voice. I came from a place where I was like emotionally abused um, and abused in other ways that I did not learn how to use my voice at all. I learned how to be silent and like, you know, be as small as possible. So that was part of my, part of my process in learning how to do social justice work was learning how to face people who disagree with me in a big, loud, maybe bullying <laughs> way. Um, but now I'm so much more confident in myself and in my opinion, um, it's easier to do. And also it feels like it used to feel like, oh no, I have to be perfect at like pronouns, for example, I have to be perfect at it all the time. Um, but that's not really how it works. It's not really how anything works. Like you're just going to mess up. You're going to fuck it up sometime. You're going to do something like you were saying, you could do a whole podcast and use, you know, incorrect language, or you could, you know, I've forgotten several times to do land acknowledgement when it is important thing to do. And I've like, I've, we all fuck up some things and that's part of it is recognizing like, Oh, okay. I did this wrong. I admit that I did it wrong. Like I need to try. Um, that's a bit of a rant, but it's-, it's so true. And I think this is what we learn from like colonization is this idea that we have to get it right. Mm. And I just try and remind myself of like when we're young and we're learning how to walk, no one's expecting us to be able to do it perfectly. Like we just start and I mess up all the time. What I love about practicing pronouns is it's generally not in front of the person with the pronouns. So in, um, it's most often with Sinead who works on my team. Sinead is so great to also catch it. Um, we work on it together. Like if we leave a message back and forth between each other, and and we go to talk about someone who's left a comment, like let's say in the Facebook group, and, and we we only know their name. Like oftentimes in Facebook, you can't see someone's pronouns. Instagram is really great, and that you can check right away and clarify mm-hmm. that. We will use they them pronouns, and the and the thing that your brain often wants to do is like assume someone's pronouns, and and we work we work hard at it, and it's mm-hmm. an it's important. It's like, um, like you were saying with the name, I remember when a friend of mine wanted to be called, um, Patricia instead of Patty, she just said, I'm, I feel more grown up. And you know what? In, uh, indigenous cultures here with like Anishinaabe people, they change their names. I took, it's a common practice. They feel like, yeah, that's my name. Like, someone gives it to them, maybe their parents or maybe their community. And then depending on what happens with their life, they change their names. And like, why is anyone having an issue with that? Yeah. 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 It's very true. It is. It's easy enough to try to switch from a nick, like a nickname to a different nickname. Yeah. Why is it's not different? It's just slightly different it's like slightly different root of the word i would assume but and if i'm like i'm gonna call my friend by the same name because it's too much work for my brain that feels like i don't actually care about my friend yeah i care more about my comfort than and my comfort just being like oh my brain can't process that well guess what that's really good for your brain to like that's good brain (laughs) um it'll help keep your brain healthier if you have to make it work a little bit more (laughs) That's true. That's true. And I think, I mean, this is just in my opinion. I am not, I like, I'm not a social justice expert. I like to try to do what I can very far from an expert. I could be doing lots more. Um, But something I've heard in several different trainings I've done um, like through anti-racism work and in queer spaces and um, all of that kind of thing is If you as a person who, for example, is straight and cis, have feelings about um, people who use they, them pronouns, or just in general, queer community, if you have um, like feelings that come up around that, 
process that with people who are also straight and cis. Exactly. Exactly. I remember telling my dad, like I'm revamping my prenatal yoga teacher training manual because, um, men can have babies. And my dad was just like, well, it's not something that I ever thought I'd hear. Like we had this whole conversation. It was kind of like jokey. And still my dad was taking in the information and this would have been a lot different conversation if like I introduced my dad to a friend and it was a friend of mine who was male and pregnant. That would have been a very different conversation. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that my dad was being rude, but he was like, okay, tell me more. Like I am completely ignorant Mm -hmm. and you, and it's good to have those conversations where you can be like, okay, I have this silly question or like, okay, I'm feeling like this. Yeah. But don't make the people, this is something that I've been thinking about. And I'm, I'm curious if you, sorry, my brain jumps to what's happening with Palestinians constantly, but I keep thinking, why are we asking everyone else in the world to define like the history of Palestine or like the current living conditions or what the solution is. Why are we, we know that like with racism, it needs to be led by people of color, the like solutions, same with like our Anishinaabe people here need to lead reconciliation. Mm -hmm. What the heck are we doing when we're like turning to everyone else except Palestinians for the answers? It, I don't understand it. It, you're right. It should, that should be the center. Um, I've just reminds me, I've seen some posts that I guess, what is that? I just forgot what the word I was going to say was, um, where, Oh, I want to be really careful how I say this because I don't want it to come out propaganda. It's difficult to try and explain that, (laughs) that word. I was really worried for a second that I wouldn't remember it. There's a lot of propaganda out there, um, which I guess this is, I guess, what creates like the whole fog of war confusion and then has people question themselves and question everything going on so much. It's like, oh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say anything because I don't know what's happening. I don't understand it. Um, But I saw some posts about like linking people who have been actively posting and they are in Gaza right now and they've been posting about what they're seeing there well trying to this elaborate thing that they actually work for um i think they linked to they oh they actually work for hamas but there's like literally zero evidence for that none none um, and it's been it's been i've read i've been i've learned from other people that there has been evidence fabricated again for the pro like to be propaganda and stuff so it's it's you're right it should sorry that was a bit of a little rant but it should be it should be led by people who are in the situation like firsthand exactly in the situation yeah it's like you know um it's like an abuse abusive relationship you trust the person who's coming out and saying i was in an abusive relationship it's really Mm -hmm. hard to to be like, imagine, imagine. So you and I are both watching journalists who are like the age of my kids. My kids are um, 19 next month, 21 and 25. So they're that age. And like, remember what you and I were like at that age? I don't know. I was like, where's the next party? Or (laughs) I don't know, pretty self-centered, I'd say. And these kids are reporting on what's happening in their neighborhoods and their country yeah. and to other people on a level that we cannot fathom or understand. And mm-hmm. for someone to come forward and question them, that was probably one of the days where I got so angry. Like I, it was a, yeah. I don't know if you saw me post that. It was a feminist group who posted about Bisan and I was just like, this is someone's daughter and oh, she's yeah. young. She's like 20 something. And you are putting a woman in danger completely without any evidence what are you doing i think i think that's where the yoga comes in so that's why i would not really define myself as an activist as much as like a yoga teacher and the very first thing i think of is ahimsa like do no harm and like you said we're all gonna mess up 
we can't be perfect. We are going to cause harm as humans. Like, just think of, you know, if you live with other humans, <laughs> you're going to, you're going <laughs> to react and say something that's hurtful, but like as much as possible to try and not do that, to not cause harm. Mm -hmm. And I think we, I don't, I don't know why the health and wellness space isn't so focused on that right now. Yeah. I don't do you have ideas on why we're not seeing like, do you think people are afraid that they're going to cause more harm by even talking about what's happening? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think it's, it's, hmm, a couple of thoughts about it, actually. Um, it's interesting that you likened it to an abusive relationship. Um, it's just making me think a little bit about, like, I've um, left about abusive, like, relationship with, like, my mother. Um, and I have a few friends who've had to deal with that kind of thing or, um, and it always, almost always is the abuser is louder in one way or another, either to the person who's being abused or to other people, just like trying to be the one with the last word or trying to manipulate them and to make them feel small, like the person who's being abused feel smaller or telling every single person they know how horrible the person being abused is so that people will believe the abuser versus the abused. And then, I mean, in this situation, that's just parts goes back all to the gaslighting, but in the situation happening with Palestine, it's almost like, it feels like it just, it makes folks question because it's so, um, matter of fact, you know what I mean? And like, there's no space to look at the whole situation. It's like, you have to look at this or this horrible thing. Like it's, um, so it's one, I mean, one reason might be that people are still confused. I feel personally, and maybe this is one other harsh opinion. There's enough information out there that I hope that people have become less confused. Um, I think, like you said, going back to people who are living in the situation is the best way to go. Um, I think that people, some people are like, oh, it's not my place to say something. Um, and I honestly don't, I'm not hundred percent sure. I think that um, sometimes with, if it's people who like are teachers and they have their own business or whatever, um, there can unfortunately be a little bit of a risk in talking about it because you might lose clients. Um, I personally think that if, um, I don't know, I feel like it's a risk worth taking. If we can make the world a better place, I'd rather work in that world. Um, <laughs> to be honest, I'd rather my work be, um, have space where it's centering other people and trying to do good. Um, but it's, I don't know, it's a good question because it's, it is, to me, it's very confusing. But um, when I first, before I first started, there was a couple, I don't know how long it was. I wasn't, I didn't start talking about it right away. I was like watching stuff, um, like, like learning about it. Um, but even at the very beginning, I was confused because before I actively started to do research and like um, I just saw the things that would like pop up or adhere in conversation at work, like my part-time job at the time, it was very uh, singular focused. There's one way of looking at the situation. Um, so then I had tried to start a conversation with someone to learn about it. And it was very much like, it's this end of conversation. Um, and then I finally, a friend of mine was also doing some, um, starting to do more, kind of looking into it. So we started to send videos back and forth. And then I finally started to talk about it. And at first it was terrifying because I had people who, again, 
would have conversations with me starting on a very accusatory note. Um, even when I was very, very like, I was started with like, these are the things I've learned. I'm not an expert, just wanting to start a conversation. Um, but it's like with everything else, as I started to practice, I started to get better at talking about it. And then I started to get better at having those conversations with people um, who have different opinions because as a person who's been gaslit for a long time, um, I will admit I pretty easily um, fall into that trap where if someone else is saying like, the, this is wrong, period. Like, the, like, you know, you're wrong. What about this? You're wrong. You're horrible. My immediate response isn't to remember the things that I know that prove this, you know, their, their reasoning's wrong. My initial response is like shut down. Like my emotional response is just like shut down end of conversation. Um, <laughs> thankfully some of these have been through text so I can have that response and then I can do, do my emotional stuff and I can come back. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's my, my thought. Well, that was also my experience in when I first host, you know, and I, I felt like I was so cautious at the beginning, which I was like, I was like, okay, I care about my Jewish and Israeli friends and I care about my Palestinian and Muslim friends. And, and I was like, I feel like some people want me to care more about one friend. (laughs) Yeah. And, and so that's how I started the conversation. And I remember getting like some pretty hateful, you know, we're going to cancel you. You'll no longer be here in the yoga club. And I remember thinking, you know what, if I get kicked out of the club, it's for this. I don't want to be here. Like I will, I will just be like, good luck. Yeah. But I've been really over and over again. I, what I need to do, my brain really does better and my like nervous system does better when I don't sit and focus on like the level of misinformation or like the stuff that's coming out. That's like, Oh my gosh, this mm. is shocking. This is... It's important to know the information, but I've realized like when I focus on the health and wellness space and the things that people are doing, like the, the events, the fundraising, the protesting, the actions, the, poems, the art, the yoga classes, the like, there's a grief cafe, like, it's amazing to see what is coming out of this and what people are doing. And then I see like a friend who's hasn't posted anything all along, post something and I'm like, oh my gosh, like it's working. It's, and it takes a lot to post if you haven't and it's not mm-hmm. too late and posting isn't the answer like i have i probably you know i put the most effort into the podcast of like doing interviews having conversations like this talking to other people talking to my local representative gosh alex and i aren't really getting along so well but <laughs> anyway he does take my calls still and i still call him um You know what? Taking an action right now can be as small also as reading a book is really powerful. If you start learning about Palestinian stories, mm-hmm. it will make a big difference. And I remember being in, a, it was a gender inclusivity training and Tristan Katz said, also free Palestine. And I was like, I don't even know where that is. <laughs> I was like three years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> look into this and like do a little research on where Palestine is and what they're talking about. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. So what do you find is helpful? Like on the days when you're like, Oh my gosh, are we just as humanity, just (laughs) having a really bad time in history? Uh, Yeah. That's a good question. Um, it is helpful to see the content other people are posting. I um, I feel like most often I post on Instagram about stuff happening or I reshare because again, I'm not, I am not there and I would rather if I can boost 
voices of people who are there versus, um, but I mean, I'm, I'm not saying I have the perfect answer because I don't know that that is or not, but um, sharing other people's, other people's like work and, you know, it takes a long time for some folks that are in um, Palestine to share these things because they don't have, it's like internet access is hard to get and whatever. So it's, to me, it's hope like it helps to see that and see the response. And when I learn things like the boycotts are working and um, see the difference that makes, um, sometimes I will have to, you know, take a minute and just let myself feel that like despair and complete lack of hope <laughs> in humanity <laughs> as absolutely depressing as it is just sometimes you just have to like I mean you have to feel you have, you have to feel it to get it out because otherwise it's just going to be stuck there so sometimes you just have to be like wow everyone sucks <laughs> and then eventually you will feel better hopefully if you do things like I don't know sometimes I'll have those days and just like wow everybody sucks and then like my stepkid will do something really great or um, I'll like see a bird or like <laughs> sounds so simple, but like I'll see something like I'll see a cute video about like, I can't think of any examples, of course, but like then I'm reminded about like, oh, okay. There's like, there are pretty amazing things in this world. And as much as you can get like completely destructed <laughs> or completely like, pulled down into the fact that it's there's horrible things happening and there's horrible people um there is also even in the hardest times there's also hope there like I saw this um video of Bison oh, I can't remember how long ago it was but they she was um I wish I could remember how long ago it was, but she was saying that she goes to um, spends time with her friends who are all like children. Not well, like these particular friends are all children and they all like have breakfast in the morning. And when she's like played games with them or things like that, where they're like, Oh, I'm going to get, I'm getting emotional. And they're like over there facing something I can never even imagine. And then they're just like having a moment where the kids can be laughing. It's like, if they can have hope, <laughs> I can have hope. You right. know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty, I, I, I feel like, you know, this is a horrific tragedy and Palestinian people have shown us that exactly that, that they are like having they that I feel like is their act of rebellion of like finding joy yeah. and showing like we're still here and we still very much embrace our culture. Even if you keep taking away our land and moving us and trying to blow up our houses, we're going to yeah. keep rebuilding and we're going to keep like planting. They, they, the way they, um, resist by gardening and I it's it's I know what you mean where you have this day like I remember going walking outside and thinking I could go anywhere I could get on a plane today I could like I have such privilege that I can go outside and feel safe to just walk for an hour and listen to the birds and see trees and ha and not be living in a war and I was feeling really guilty about it and I still have moments like that, but I also think, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm really going to soak up life and then so that I can keep going back mm -hmm. with some energy for like other actions and find other people who are in community yeah. and um, keep going. That's, mm -hmm. that's what I keep hearing from people who have been doing this for a really long time or people yeah. who were born into, um, not just Palestinians, but pe other people who feel like they were born into this world and it was already a challenge just for like the color of their skin or how they um, show up in the world, whatever, whatever their being is. Immediately already the world is challenging them. Mm -hmm. Like Palestinians. Yeah. 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 I've been, 
I think it might have been um, Cecily Milne on Yoga Detour who um, posted this originally. Well, I don't know if it was their her idea or not, but she talked about this yes and thing mm-hmm. rather than, um, I can't remember if it was said but or whatever. Um, and I've, it's something I thought about before, but it's been one of those things. It's just like in the back of my head this whole time um, because it's easy with what's happening and just in social justice work and just being a human who has, who knows other humans to think like, oh, I don't have the right to feel sad or happy or, you know, insert emotion because this is happening. There's all of this stuff is happening in Palestine. Um, or I can't feel like, oh, you know, I can't have a hard time because like my best friend is going through this thing and that's way harder. And um, I don't, maybe it comes from being like from colonialism. I'm not hundred percent sure. I'm not going to pretend that I know where it comes from, but it's not, I don't know where the competition came from. Like it's not, right. those can, they can all be true. It's not like one person who has it the worst of all of humanity. And that's like the only person who can have this feeling. It's like, yes, you can, you can be sad. You don't have to have a reason to be sad. You can just be sad. And yeah. also this stuff is happening. Like yeah, I am having that's a hard what time I... and also this is happening. Yeah. Like talking with a yoga teacher who is based in Israel made me realize you know, she's feeling like her safety. She doesn't feel safe and free right now living in Israel as a Jewish person. I know Jewish people living in the U.S. who are like, I also don't feel safe now. I feel like Muslim friends, same thing. Mm-hmm. Palestinians, we, we've we seen that like this issue right now has has made a lot of people feel unsafe all at the same time. And, and you and I both are really focused right now from what I see on what we're sharing on Instagram of talking about the safety of Palestinian people. And that in no way means that we think another people shouldn't be safe. Like Jewish people definitely have every right to feel safe. I told Mm -hmm. a Jewish friend of mine, these are your people. These are the people that believe in human rights like these protests full of people maybe there's a few people in there that aren't feeling like that but i haven't seen any at the at the my local protests and i haven't seen i haven't heard of any from other friends who are going to those protests those protests are full of people who are like we believe in equality of humans mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's, i've seen the same I've and you're right there's probably are probably some out there who don't but for sure there are from everything I've seen it's <laughs> yeah it's it's more like the beginning of a conversation than like um like they don't just want peace for Palestinians they also want to do there's um you know they want peace for Jewish folks and they want peace for all of the other places where there is um human rights issues coming up and it's just that currently it's the focus is palestine because of the horrible things happening there but that's not to say that there isn't space for the rest of the conversation too yeah yeah and it's like okay well let's all work towards freedom and equality for palestinians and then, then what's next? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thanks for having this conversation with me. Well, thanks for, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I hope people also realize, like, someone showed up to a book club that we were doing where we were reading a book on Palestine. She's like, okay, my biggest takeaway today was that you all really don't know anything either. You're not like <laughs> history gurus or experts. And I was like, no, we all have a lot of questions. I'd say, like, don't be afraid to. I, I'm I don't I can't speak for you, Billy, but I I think so. Someone could reach out to either one of us and be like, wait a yeah, second. 100%. I don't know about this part of things. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, not that we have the answer, but um, I don't know about you, but I've made a lot of mistakes to kind of get some answers quickly. Yeah, and I'm happy <laughs> to help find the answers too. Like if I'm happy yeah. to learn about those things too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that it's important to realize that. In most things, I'm not talking as an expert only because I'm always open to learning more about everything. And I feel like that's just a better way of, you know, learning. And I'm not above anybody else. And um, especially in this, I'm not an expert. I'm just doing, saying what I know and doing my best to learn more and admitting when I make mistakes and just trying to invite people in. Um, and um yeah, totally open for messages. Easiest way for me would be either email info at movewithbilly.com or I have like Facebook and TikTok, but I honestly probably won't answer if you message me on there. <laughs> Just message me on Instagram at movewithbilly. Um, I do have WhatsApp. I have no idea how to tell you what that is though. So if you're like, no, I only want to do voice messages on WhatsApp or whatever, just like message me and I'll figure out how to tell you that because I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Um, where can people find you? Um, probably the Connected Yoga Teacher website. Uh, on there, you can reach me by email. Um, we have a Connected Yoga Teacher Facebook group for people who feel like they have questions that they want, like a global group of tens of thousands of yoga teachers to answer, which is really handy when you want like some help mm-hmm. for a question. And on Instagram, it's at the connected yoga teacher. And then if it's like, oh, it's more about pelvic health, then it's at pelvic health professionals. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Thank you for sharing your time with me. Um, and thank you everybody for listening. You can follow me on all those places I said. I'll put links in the in the show notes too, so you don't have to remember them. And if you have questions, if you want to hear a podcast episode about anything particular or be on a podcast, that's all below as well. And I will see you next time. Thanks again for joining us, Shannon. Thank you.